The name of Adebayo Jones has been synonymous with words like luxury, opulence, elegance, classical, and sophistication. This haute couture designer was born and raised in Nigeria, and the beauty of Africa seeped into his consciousness as a young child. He's been a force in the fashion industry for over 30 years, specializing in custom bridal wear and formal gowns that reflect his obsession for high-quality fabrics and meticulous tailoring. In 2018, he debuted a new fashion line, Africana by Adebayo Jones, as well as his latest designs for his luxury collection at African Fashion Week Toronto 2018. TDN Radio spoke to Adebayo Jones via phone from his hotel in Toronto to talk about his inspirations, the role of faith in his life, and his aspirations for African fashion in the world of couture. For those of us in the audience who um, are not as familiar with your backstory, there is a famous anecdote that you share from time to time about being 12, <laughs> at age 12, as a burgeoning designer. Can you tell us a little bit, what is that all about? <laughs> <laughs> it was um, about growing up and, and, you know, this whole interest in fashion and things. So I'll wait for my dad to come back home with newspapers and then chop them up and try and create t-shirts out of newspapers and I'm dragging all my younger ones my students I say, hey, you put them on, let's have a mock fashion show. So it was just always that fun element. But when I, I think it was about about 12, we had this um, clothing store beside our house, and they had this T-shirt on, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I must have this T-shirt. So I dashed back home and went to my mom. Oh, can I have some money? I want to buy a t-shirt. said, what t-shirt? You have enough clothes. Get out. You know, oh, I said, no, no, please. I really must have this t-shirt. And I pestered and pestered her. And she said, how much is it? And I, I told her, I went back to the store and asked. I told her, and she gave me the money to go and get the t-shirt. And I remember rushing back home, holding the t-shirt. Look, mama, I got the t-shirt. I got the t-shirt. And I said, well, what's so special about this t-shirt? And I said, look at the front. And it had the words, I'm really famous. And it was so, so <laughs> funny because <laughs> for 12, you never really knew where life was going to take you. Mm. Um, but then to look back in retrospect now and uh, you say, I'm really famous, you know, to understand now that you were going to be dancing with, with fame and on the borders of fame. But then as you get older, you understand that your vision and your dream goes beyond fame, um, just as it were. Um, right now, if somebody young came and said, I want to be a fashion designer, and if I said, why do you want to be a fashion designer? They said, because I want to be famous. I would laugh, I would sit down, and say, now sit, and let's have a good chat, <laughs> because your vision goes well beyond fame. You need more than fame to sustain you. So that, that's a, the, the irony of it all, but I think from that early age, I kind of, maybe faith, maybe chance, maybe just knew that I'll have something to do with that field and the limelights. But I'm, I'm glad that along the line, you know, I understood that it goes beyond fame to sustain you in this vision. As you mentioned faith, I'm assuming that this is something that's been instilled in you from your your childhood and from your family days in Nigeria? 
Yes, it is. You know, um, the, the, from a, a very young age, I always loved anything to do with God. Um, church was part of the, the the family drill and prayers, and then I was in the choir from a very young age. I was in the junior choir and then the senior choir, and then when I went to uni, I was in a band, and then I would write gospel songs and perform gospel songs. So it's faith mm -hmm. has always been a key factor in shaping who one is. Um, in fact, I would always say that if it wasn't for faith and the belief in God, I don't even think this dream would exist till now. And then when I was really set on, on that motion that this is who I want to be, this is what I want to do. And that's when I had that prayer where I said, God, if you would help me, because I don't have all these big resources to start off, if you would help me, it would really help me to get to where I want to be. On every platform that you honor me, I would never be ashamed, you know, to declare your goodness and to say thank you in front of the world. I don't care where it is. I would never be ashamed to do that. So that's why everybody in England, they all know. If you decide to honor me with an award, I'm going to praise God. And that's just <laughs> how it is. So, <laughs> yeah. so you identify as Christian, just to... Yes, right. yes okay. I do. Yeah. So that's fashion and faith are not two words that you usually see in the same sentence or, you know, juxtapose. <laughs> and, um, you, you know, and of course, um, a Christian perspective, The I think it's the Apostle Paul talks about being attired modestly. And that can be interpreted, I suppose, in different ways by different cultures. So, you know, one culture might consider um, any skirts that are above the knee as immodest, or if you've got, you know, private parts exposed. How do you, so how do you, do you find, does that even figure into your designing process at all? Are you ever thinking, well, is this something a Christian woman would wear? <laughs> do you, does that ever cross your mind? That, that's, a, that's a good question. I think there's a, a nice balance. It's like people would ask you as well, oh my God, you know, you get to be around models and then and you, you can dress them up. And I said, yes, there, there is the, the job. There's your faith and there's a job. And you must learn to have a balance, you know, a beautiful balance between both of them. You know, in terms of, if we look at creativity, and the, the art, the gift of being able to, to make beautiful things. Where does the gift come from? It's, I believe it's from God. You know, for you to look at a piece of fabric and you begin to get ideas and you're shaped by places you've been and what you've seen and then all the influences that have shaped you from when you were a child. Because if you look at it, if you give birth to a baby, it's a blank canvas. But then what it begins to see, the elements, the environment, the culture, the textiles, everything it sees then forms, becomes the summation of who the baby turns out to be. So you have a beautiful balance of art, but it takes nothing away from being able to create beautiful clothes. As long as people are decent, mm -hmm. as long as people are, you know, um, you have this balance of, Art, and then you have this balance of being decent. And if you put those together, you can still have a beautiful art of mm -hmm. fashion. There are levels.
because I think one should not, you know, descend to. But still, if you can put it creatively well and explain the story you're trying to tell in terms of, you know, fashion, you can still have a beautiful line that's appreciated and can still have a woman dressed up nicely, beautifully, elegantly, and not looking vulgar. Now, in terms of your your brand and your design ethic, um, sorry, aesthetic, I think it's very obvious when you look at an Adebayo Jones uh, design that yes. we are looking at, the, I mean, several words pop into mind, sophistication, elegance, yes. luxury. Yes. You are not afraid of rich fabrics. You're not afraid Definitely of... Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just wondering... Is there a particular fabric, for example, that you really enjoy working with? Well, I've always loved, because I love luxury, I love opulence, um, I love things that are glamorous and beautiful, and they enhance the confidence of whoever wears the outfits. So I believe that if you use sumptuous, beautiful fabrics, it can even help to reduce um, the lines. And if you keep the lines clean and classic, you know, and with a mixture of beautiful fabrics, it makes the turnout of what you're doing very, very rich and very, very elegant. I like clothes that are classic. Um, I like the lines that are fine. And the fact that you can't really restrict the designs to seasonal changes in fashion. So if you take an Abidjan's outfit, you can bring it out of your wardrobe in five years, and it's still applicable because it was just a classically designed line made in beautiful fabrics, finely tailored, and then, you know, with just lovely bits of applique that make it unique, outstanding, and of course, then traceable to Alibarians. So fabrics are a very, very important part of designing, but when they're rich and you have laces and brocades and damask and embroideries and, oh, <laughs> ideas just begin to go, you know, yeah. in the right direction. So I, I love fabrics. I think it's it's one beautiful aspect of designing, you know, that helps to design who you are. However, when I started, I I think there were so many fabrics I couldn't afford. And so when I would get whatever I could, I would take it back, lay it on the table, and think to myself, what can you put on this to make it extra special. Mm -hmm. And that's where I began to have a love for creating my own textiles. So I would put some ribbons and take some stones and begin to apply them. And then, you know, the fabrics would turn out to be something else. And then I thought, hold on a minute, this is not a disadvantage. This is actually an advantage in that you look at someone playing and you think, how can I recreate this? So it became a blessing in, in its own form. So I, that's where the whole elements of this bling, love and bling of crystals, you know, using stones and ribbons and different things that can enhance what you have. That's where it came from. So it turned out to be a blessing in a way. But your new line is very different. But before, actually, before we jump into that, I did want to ask you about um, innovation, because as you said, your designs are very classic. They have, They yeah. stand the test of time. Are you ever tempted to try going avant-garde? Are you ever interested in exploring different um, silhouettes, I suppose, or 
different materials? Has that ever, have you ever had that sort of urge? Of course, absolutely. Because <laughs> um, with design and fashion one, you have to be in a way applicable to the changes and the, the evolution of you know, different materials and textiles that are coming on the market. So because of that, we also attend a lot of trade shows to find out what's new, what's been newly developed, what's coming in in terms of like whatever innovations people and then finding how you can make your collection, you know, applicable with this um, developments and innovations, whether in, in textiles and shapes and silhouettes as well, but not losing the ethos of who you are as a house. If you went and you uh, went, uh, I would admire the great masters, the great level, uh, maybe if someone or, um, and if you looked at a silhouette, you saw a jacket, you just knew that's a new silhouette jacket because of the shape from the shoulders, the neckline to the waist, the sleeves and stuff. So you must still never lose the ethos of who you are, even while adapting to the changes that are coming on in the industry. So definitely one must have to learn to have a balance as well to appreciate what's coming in so that you're not left out. But at the same time, you implement this into the new things that you're doing. And then, you know, you, you fall in with the time, still remain, retaining the, the, the classic, the timeless, the values, you know, of your designs. What can you tell us about the, the new line, um, Africana by Adebayo Jones? Yeah. Well, the, the, I'm not sure if you were there when um, my dear friend who presented my award, um, uh, my friend from uni, Thirty something years ago, and we were using this um, African hand tied um, batik textiles. I used to design them on campus. People would buy my things even then on campus as well. Uh, my room on every Friday was always filled with people coming to collect uh, the, the designs that they had ordered and stuff. So I, I was always very active um, with designing even then. And um, we were using this hand but fix even back then and then I would also use them for like individual clients as well but then you know it got to a point where we started thinking with my management company as well and that you know we should really have a line because people would always ask how about the line in, in, in this textile and I said you know what we're going to walk towards it and make sure that we launch something you know during the AFWT 2018. So we started, um, like from last year, working on the lines and the visions and deciding to add elements that would really glamorize it and make people think otherwise. Why can't people wear this to the Oscars? Why can't people mm -hmm. wear this to the Golden Globes or the Grammys? Why can't people, you know, and how are people going to wear it? Interpret the designs in a language that fits into the occasion. And then, you know, add the elements that make it extra special and not civil. So that when you have a star, a celebrity, or the regular person who wants to wear this um, Africana products to an event, they remain outstanding, they remain fresh, they remain colorful and beautiful, and people appreciate them for turning up looking glamorous and fabulous. Mm -hmm. So I'm so happy that we were able to debut it at the Fashion Week and that a lot of the comments that have come back have been quite positive. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Well, Mr. Jones, um, I don't know if there's a particular um, 
Is there a particular message that you would like to leave with our audience? Yes, it's, it's been uh, wonderful to be back here uh, for the AFWT. It's a part of our calendar that we look forward to every year. I'm so grateful for all the love and the affection and the acceptance that we've received with the Africana line um, and also the Hot Couture line. I'm grateful that, you know, we continue to have the support even of the people that came along, traveled from Europe as well, like Mrs. Tessie of Luxembourg, who believes in the AFWT um, um, vision and definitely has promised to be back here and to support the vision wholeheartedly. And I would like to say um, in closing, um, regarding a dream, do you know, the person who finds purpose has found the meaning to life. And there are so many people that have the dream sometimes. People think it's too late to start. It's never too late to start. And if you've started and you're in a bit of a struggle where you are, to please just hold on and persevere and have one thing in mind, the goal, that vision, that picture that you saw before starting, to keep on at it, to pursue. And if you can have all of this, and in my own context, if we can add God, to the equation and to know that even when your strength fails there's someone bigger than you who can sustain you and if you keep on with all of this you can have your dream if you're thinking of starting and you haven't started please start and if you dare pursue it till the end because that picture that you saw you can have it and if you find purpose discover it live in it and you can achieve it you've lived a good life so please Live a good life and fulfill your purpose. That's what I like to end up. You've been listening to an interview with the King of Couture himself, Adebayo Jones. This is Nicole Georges Bennett for TDN Radio.